combatants and the final score and the star of that winning team? Yes, sir. Good morning, gentlemen. It's always a pleasure to sit down and speak with you guys. It's great, great to speak with you this morning. Well, yesterday uh, I've committed some of my Fridays uh, to my to my son's school 6U basketball team. Um, uh, it's MHOTEP Academy, and the young guys are playing in East Point in an HBCU league, and they picked up their first win of the season yesterday. It was a very tough game, a tough 14 to 12. Uh, victory in their in their matchup yesterday, but I was so proud of the young men. They had some adversity, they had some things they they had to overcome, but I'm just, I'm seeing the growth in them. And as you mentioned, these these will be the next John Morant, the next Trey Young, the next Dominique. So seeing them at this level and watching them grow, uh, and seeing how they're you know beginning to succeed and really pick up on the fundamentals of the game, it was just so humbling for my heart. So uh, thank you very much for for mentioning that. I, I was so proud of the other young men. And yesterday was Carmelo's birthday, so he he uh, he had a game on his birthday, and he actually had four points. Uh, him and one of his teammates, Langston, had four points. They were the uh, leading scorers on the team, and Melo had the game-winning basket. So that was that was great to witness. But all right so, now, so yeah, listen, all right this now, is, this is this. I, 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 not, not only that, this is a little insight into a guest that our audience knows so well. Terrell has been coming on here and, and talking basketball with us for years. Uh, we're happy to have him on when we lost our Saturdays and we only had a couple hours on Sunday and sometimes there were really early shows. This dude would get up in the 6 o'clock hour and come on and provide perspective and, and thoughts about the Hawks and what was going on with the league. So this of everything that you've ever done on the show is the, is the best one and I'll tell you why. Because we could hear the proud father in you. Did you heard that Sam? <laughs> We, Very we, much. we heard the proud daddy. Did not, not only, hide. Not only that, our, <laughs> our audience knows that you are basketball from top to bottom because you name your son Carmelo. Can't help it. I mean, come on. Yeah, just, can't, help. Just can't help it, <laughs> man. Yeah, I mean, you named his son Carmelo. So, anyway, uh, listen, that's, that's great, and congratulations to them. And, again, like I said, you are now Coach Thomas. Yes, sir. That's even what that's what even what the boy is calling me. No longer yep. daddy. Yo, coach, coach. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Well, what do you do, boy? You throw a towel over your shoulder? What, 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 what do you do when you're out there? Uh, no, no, no. I, I really just try to keep them informed. I don't have a towel on. It was ironic. The first game I had on shoes, y'all have been laughing at me. I was coming from uh, getting ready to come to the Hawks game, so I was dressed up and everything with shoes on. Yesterday I had sneakers on. Uh, but I'm just in a regular attire, and again, just, just schooling all the young men. I was, I was so proud of these young men, gentlemen. It was just the, the entire team to see them. They had some adversity, a little cheating going on from some of the other players. Whoa, 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 whoa. hang on a second. You're not burying a, you, you are, you're a writer. You're not burying a lead here. What do you mean there was a little something? Go, go ahead, tell you're, us. You're not talking about officiating, it, 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 are you? It's still, it's still young. So, you know, we some of the other opponents are still learning. This isn't football. You know, you got to dribble the basketball and, and such. You know, you can't run from one end of the court to the other without dribbling and things. And, some of the other coaches were kind of cheering that on, you know, just run with the ball. <laughs> but they were, they kept their composure even at a young age. And that was, that was, that, that speaks to their parents as well. So, so proud of the M Hotel Warriors and, and what's happening with them young men. Go ahead, Sam. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm just laughing. <laughs> All of a sudden, bas- Pee Wee basketball game turns into a rugby game. <laughs> you just love it when that happens, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Yes, indeed. Well, let's let's talk let's talk about what happened down at at, uh, at, at State Farm last night because I was down there last night and had a chance to to watch the Hawks play and uh, they had to come out and bring their game for the whole game because the Knicks came out with bad intentions in this game. They were on fire in the first half, but the Hawks managed to pull it out and the winning streak continues. 
Yes, indeed. And it was ironic. I was actually play-by-play uh, play and playing, getting coverage from you and, and, and from the Hawks as the game was going on. And in that first half, Julius Randle just seemed to be on fire. I believe the, the, the Knicks shot something like 70% in the first half. Yeah. And and it, it it speaks to the Hawks because they were able to still keep up with them offensively and go, and go toe-to-toe. But it didn't look good in that first half. It didn't look like the Knicks, as you mentioned, they came out with intentions of, of, of spoiling this Hawks four-game, which is now a five-game winning streak. Uh, but they weren't able to do that. And this has grown into such a great rivalry, of course, with Trey Young going into Madison Square a few years ago and taking a bow. So it seems like whenever now these two teams match, the Knicks and the Hawks, uh, it's it, it, similar to almost like the Lakers and the Celtics, although, you know, the teams don't have championship pedigree like that yet. But I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to feel that type of aura. I've seen Knicks fans packing in the State Farm Arena, you know, coming to cheer their Knicks on. So whenever we see Knicks fans walking out of State Farm Arena with a disappointed face, I love it. With about three <laughs> minutes left on the clock, they made it. They ran for the exits, man. There was so much blue and orange <laughs> running for the exit last night. You know, that, that was a wonderful thing to see. Tell me something, though. Six players in double figures for the Hawks. I can say more people are getting to touch this basketball right now, and that's the difference. I think that's, you know, that's it's great that you mentioned that. It's been great during this four and now five-game winning streak to see. We spoke about it all season, gentlemen, about the Hawks just not having that full roster out there and the capabilities in which they could, you know, the, the, the possibilities being limitless on what's that actually happened. And we've seen now Clint back in the lineup, so Big O's coming off the bench, Jalen Johnson is coming off the bench. But it really seems like Trey Young is embracing the role of a facilitator um, I don't want to say, you know, he's not the top dog here in Atlanta or anything like that, but I do think he's an extraordinary passer. I know beforehand, you know, when he was coming into the league, he was compared to the Steph Currys and things. And I kept saying to folks, no, nah, I think he's more like a Steve Nash. You know, he can shoot the ball, he can score the ball, but he has a very high basketball IQ and he's a great facilitator. And now that we have DeJounte Murray, who's just been on a, a ridiculous scoring streak last night, uh, uh, recently, 29 points last night, DeJounte is beginning to take more of that scoring role, and we're seeing Trey Young take more of that facilitator role. He's getting other guys involved. He's getting he's getting A.J. Griffin involved. He's getting John Collins involved. So I think on nights when we do see four or five players in double figures, it's going to be extremely hard to beat this team. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9thegame, 92.9thegame.com. Uh, talking with Terrell Thomas. I, just a general question. We're sitting around and talking, and we, we bring up tonight's game, and then by extension we talk about Charlotte, and you got to ask every once in a while, ask people who are there within the bubble like yourself. Why can't Michael Jordan put a better quality, better team on the floor after all these years of him owning that team? What is it that he's doing there? Is he not hiring the right people around him? Is he just stubborn? Why is it that he, of all people, can't get a better product out there after all this time? You know, that's one of the biggest mysteries, I think, in in, in the sports world, as you mentioned, the the greatest basketball player in the eyes of many, the greatest athlete in, in, in the eyes of some. And, you know, I, I would say over the last two seasons, I thought we were beginning to see Charlotte kind of turn the curve when you had Miles Bridges looking like he was going to turn into a good player, possibly an all-star reserve. LaMelo Ball, of course, we know him running the rookie of the year. It seems like it's just been unfortunate with that team so far. Terry Bozier suffered some injuries early and was in and out of the lineup. Same with LaMelo Ball. He's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, I know fans were expecting him to possibly uh, be in tonight's game, but it seemed like he's still having some left wrist soreness and may not be. So I, I do believe to an extent Michael Jordan has kind of taken his own personal foot off the gas and began to began to listen to some of the people around him. We see it with the draft. We see it with what they're trying to do in free agency, picking up catches, I mentioned, like uh, Terry Rozier. But it just hasn't worked out for him. You know, it just has not worked out for him. And it, it, that 
that is the biggest mystery to me because I would imagine that free agents would be, you know, clamoring to go play Thank under you. and learn from Michael Jordan. I, you know, that's something I would – so I, I don't know if it's the Charlotte market, which I think is a phenomenal basketball area. Of no, course, that's a great not place. Too far, that's a great place. Not too far from from uh, from Duke and, and North Carolina. Not too far. But it's just so much great basketball that takes place in North Carolina that I, I've been surprised over the year that Jordan hasn't been – even from, you know, some of his Jordan athletes, the Russell Westbrooks and such. Uh, I've just been surprised that he hasn't been able to get a superstar talent there. I think we may see that in LaMelo Ball in years to come, uh, but it is. It's one of the greatest mysteries right now in the sports I, world, why I, Charlotte hasn't been able to really take off in the NBA realm. I want to ask you guys, just both of you, Sam, and I know you want to ask a question here, but are we looking at a basketball version of Jerry Jones with Michael Jordan? No, because he ain't won yet. No, no, I'm saying besides – You guys stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. I'm not talking about – what he's done. And by the way, since he got rid of the one guy who he brought in that was a smart move, he hasn't won. So that's my bigger Jimmy point. And that's what I'm I saying. Once it. he got rid of Jimmy Johnson, because he brought Jimmy with him. They were a package deal. Okay? But once Jimmy left, we saw what's happening. My point is, is, is the ego in the corner office too big to relinquish some power and input in the players because they feel like they know what's best. Yeah. And I'm I, saying, I, I, is I don't that, think that's a comparison because you're talking one person who didn't play. At that level, you talk that makes it even who worse. Played, who played. Well, that's what I'm talking about. You're talking about someone who played at, at, at the game and, and, and excelled at the high, highest level. Uh, to me, that's the difference. I mean, Jerry Jones is stroking checks. Uh, so, I mean, that, that's, that's a whole different thing as far as that dynamic goes. But yeah, that's, that's a bit of that. It just, it's just got, it's kind of is in the way. And that's why you're probably seeing Jordan's NASCAR team probably have more success than his basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> he would be right there. Yeah. <laughs> You know. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I would agree right there. Jerry Jones hasn't played, um, and he seemed to he seemed to kind of relinquish some of his power recently to his kids. And I'm, I'm hearing the same about Michael Jordan again. I have heard from, from some of the people in the Charlotte brass that he has begun to you know let up on the, the ego and pride and begin to ask other basketball, uh, I'll say uh, savants to a degree, especially those who are in this newer generation because the game has changed on what, you know, what he needs to build a team, what he needs to get fans in the seats. So I think we're seeing a change there, but I would have to totally agree completely. Like, regardless of who won the championship, the biggest difference would be at least Jerry has given his fan base a championship. We have yet to see that in Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you were saying that he I mean, did said that, that Jerry didn't play. He did play collegiately now. He yes, he did. And he was also smart enough to yeah, do what, Jer- what Jordan hasn't Arkansas. done, and that's put a top-line coach – a coach who had won at the college level as his head coach. Yeah. So you dissect it from when J- when Jimmy Johnson left the building. That, for me, is where I'm jumping off yeah. Go well, ahead, guys. Well, when you talked about that area, and, and I'll say this, Terrell, remember when, this, when the Hornets really started back there and the, the Alexander Julian design uniforms, which he's a North Carolina grad. A lot of people wonder how the NBA would do in Charlotte, but I think people realize that every team that comes in there has somebody on their team that they know. And so it was a big hit, right? <laughs> Everybody that comes through, they got an ACC star on their team. And so it was a big hit uh, originally. And then you brought the teams of Taz of, uh, of uh, Alonzo and, and Grandmama and Muggsy and whatnot. But, but you know, we're spending time with remind people because I haven't done this yet. We're spending time <laughs> with the WaitForIt.com hotline with Terrell Thomas. And he is social. You can find him on Twitter at Eldorado2452. Eldorado2452. Well, uh, talk about what the Hawks have coming up. We look at their schedule. More games on the road. They're home more in the month of February. But talk about what this could possibly do good things. Seems like the road hadn't been all bad for 
No, exactly. I'm glad you hit that right on the head. It kind of seemed like things have turned around for our guys on the road. We saw them go 500 on the, on the West Coast road trip. Then they came back in here and snuck a game in for MLK Day. And then they hit the road again uh, to go to Indiana and Toronto. And that's kind of where the winning streak began. That's where they, you know, started to, uh, to get things rolling. So I do think them going back on the road will be great for them just to kind of continue to keep this gelling up to, up, up to par. It seems like Coach McMillan is finally getting his rotation set. And that's no knock on him. It's just he's had so many injured players recently. You know, it's been kind of hard to get a set rotation. So it seems like the guys are getting a feel for each other. And I, I don't know what it is about them, but they seem like they're turning into road warriors and that the intensity for them picks up a little bit. And as you mentioned, they, they will get a lot of home cooking in February. The schedule so far this season hasn't been favorable for them with so many road games. Um, but being able to really get back home after tonight's hopefully victory against uh, the Hornets and making it six in a row, I think as they hit the road for a few games and then get back here uh, in February, State Farm Arena, the Hawks will really be cooking as we get closer to the All-Star break. Terrell, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, say congratulations to Carmelo for being Sam. Absolutely. And, Very and much. Thank you as always, man. We will be in touch with you. In fact, we'll hear, that, uh, hear, those, hear those updates next week when you join us. How's that? Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. Look forward to speaking with you guys soon. Appreciate it. That's Terrell Thomas. Coming up, I think Sam and I are going to get into a beef about something having to do with CW. Uh, that's coming up next. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com. Yep, take us with you on the Odyssey app.